Welcome to Commagers. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. And I'm Katie. And today we're looking at Arnold Schwarzenegger and John McTiernan's 1987 action thriller, Predator. But first, as always, we ask the most pressing question of every episode. What is everybody drinking this episode? What does everybody have for Predator? Four roses. Bourbon. Perfect. Creature of habit. We Katie had, is uh, smeared with I have, mud. Yes, at your so suggestion. I, no, no. Yes. This, well, this isn't like a. Yeah. This is more of them in the cop, the the chopper. Like this is almost no, like eye black. I went into the backyard, and I took our because our, our our dirt is very clay like. That is not it reminds real dirt. Me, I, you would never rub I, real dirt on your. I face. took the dirt from the ground I and I smeared, smeared it. it. I don't smeared it. She did that. Inspired it. by this. Would film. you really be surprised? Really? Um, yes. There was a recommendation for Dutch, which is apparently a bourbon. I couldn't get it in time. It was not at the state store. Um, but the other suggestion was for Jungle Juice, which, mm. according to the recipe that I found, was actually concocted by soldiers in the jungle. Like, that's okay. why it's called Jungle Juice. So it feels even more appropriate. So what was this recipe? Yeah, so what was in it? apparently the deal was that they used to ferment whatever they could find growing on trees. Mm-hmm. And that's where mm-hmm. it came from. So it was just like fruit that mm-hmm. was fermented. Um, so the recipe calls for orange juice, lemonade, a little bit of club soda, if you like a little sparkle, um, then vodka and rum. And I feel like there's one more thing that I'm missing. I added, oh, I didn't have cranberry juice. Hmm. So I added grenadine, hmm. grenadine instead. Okay. Yeah. All right. That is like a, I was thinking Vibrant. more like just dump some grain alcohol and no, I know. Hawaiian punch I was, I was very into surprised. a trash I agree. bag. And That's what I was expecting to find. Uh, this was, uh, this recipe was a class. pleasant surprise. Pleasant yeah. surprise. Mm-hmm. Very high class. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was on vacation last week in New Hampshire and ha- was able to frequent many wonderful breweries mm-hmm. while away. So over the next few episodes, I will be featuring all my distinctive purchases. Uh, our first is a Moody Brew IPA from the Woodstock Inn Brewing Company in New Hampshire. Ooh, Moody Brew. Yeah, Moody Brew. And it's like that should be now a song. Made with, uh, and it says it's now made with 100 percent more new hampshire not hmm. sure what that really means it only had 80 percent new hampshire before. not gonna not gonna venture into that because i'm a little concerned about that statement i might not be yeah. drinking this beer <laughs> if i had read that before i saw yeah. that um so over our next few episodes jim has inspired our choices by uh the desire to visit some films that each of us were nostalgic for. Uh, And, you know, over the next few episodes, that's what we'll be doing. And Jim selected our first choice, which is Predator. And we'll let him explain a little bit why in a little bit. But let's have Katie first explain, for those who do not know this classic film, what Predator is all about with the rundown. Do, 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 do. Um, Major Dutch has been tasked with finding some hostages deep in the jungles, Major Major Dutch, of South America. He will lead his elite team and the weak CIA link, Carl Weathers, on a mission of extraction and massive destruction. Dutch thinks he and his men are the hunters until he realizes that they are in fact being hunted by the most dangerous game they've ever encountered. All right. 
Mm-hmm. That was like close to as real a film breakdown hey, thanks. that we may have had. Yeah. I consulted no sources except my own brain. And I did ask Jim if Carl Weathers was I CIA. That's how I, confirmed C- that. yeah, I don't think that's how sources work. I also did confirm that it was in a nondescript country. A, an unnamed country. Right, that is important. It is just yes. the continent of South America. <laughs> yeah, in between somewhere Central, could also be Central America. Yeah, I mean, who knows? It's yeah. in a yeah. at the time below the, the late, equator, late eighties, right? It's uh, yeah. We didn't care so much about geography. No, no. But there were a lot of shady things going, going to, on. Yeah, down yeah. Down it was not Cambodia. Yeah, no, th- because that's, that's apparent. not in South or that's it. Central America. That's the only America. place. No, that's the only place that's like specifically mentioned. They that they about, had been oh, in well, Cambodia. Yes, because in that would Cambodia. have been because of Vietnam. Yes, they would yes, have they, been there This doing is missions. not Cambodia. Um, all right, it's time to grade Predator on a scale of A plus through Chris Monero's The Rookie. Mm-hmm. Where would we place Arnold's foray into the non-specific South or Central American jungle. Katie. I give this movie a solid B. It's fun. This is a fun film. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen it before. And I found it enjoyable. Yeah. B. A true true first watch. Yeah. This would probably not been a film your parents were (laughs) allowing you to watch. Was this 87? 87. Yeah, yeah. seven-year-old Katie was not allowed to watch this. Or I mean, well, this was not, this was not what we were bringing home from Pop Video. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Very fair. Yeah. Uh, Jim, uh, I would also give this probably like a B, B minus. Probably, but yeah, I this definitely held up better than I thought, and uh, yeah, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. I think you know I'll talk a little bit about why this was my pick, but. I think it's a solid B, which I think uh, for me is slower middle score, but I don't feel like that in a negative way. Like, I think for an action movie, this is a really solid film. You know, I I mean, if I'm going to grade it on the scale of some of the other things we've watched over the past year from a a cinematic perspective, I, I, you know, I don't give it an A or something like that, but I, I myself, like Jim, I think was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. I mean, this is no Roadhouse, uh, but no, but it's fun. <laughs> it's, it's a lot more fun. Roadhouse. It's 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 uh it's a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. I would watch right. this before I would rewatch Tenet. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I would not go to that level, but um, <laughs> all right. So, Jim, your trip down Nostalgia Road. Why? predator yeah well two things let's first i did want to just mention about the whole nostalgia thing i think one of the things we're realizing as we're 152 episodes into this is that we're starting to get to the point where we're gonna have to revisit some some films from the past that uh were probably not top of mind of being like our favorites or we know are good um and so i thought let's watch some movies that we watched a lot and and we we found that some of the movies we watched a lot were really terrible mm-hmm. um, and didn't hold up or, or made us feel very uncomfortable. Pretty, like pretty woman. woman. <laughs> um, and so I thought this one specifically is one for me that when I thought back on it, I watched it a ton. I had taped it on VHS off of prism 
Um, I think it was on the same VHS as Aliens, which is an incredible double feature. Um, but I think me and my friends watched this so many times. It's it's short, accessible for for like someone of that age. I think it's not it's not a very complex plot. Uh, there is a little more going on than I originally remember, um, but they don't really care much about all of that. Um, it's not complicated. So, it, um, yeah. And, and so that's why I picked it. I wanted to, I probably haven't seen it in 20 years, uh, maybe longer. I don't think I ever, I watched this through, through college. Surprisingly, this was not one of the required watchings during our dating time. No, when, no. when you made me watch a lot of films, but there's also, just... so the, the other thing about this movie that I think is special is the creature. Um, and I won't go, you know, it's not alien because alien, that creature is, a, is like a piece of art. The way that that creature was constructed literally was, cre was created by an artist, HR guy, Giger to like <laughs> be, make people feel uncomfortable by looking at this is not that, but it is one of the more interesting sci-fi creatures. I think that that film has kind of put in front of us. Mm -hmm. So I give it, I give it a little extra points for that for me. Cause I, I do, I do like those kind of creature feature kind of uh, things and, and taking a little bit in some ways they took big swings with this character and other ways they didn't. And I, um, I kind of liked the way they navigated it. So, whereas I would probably normally give this movie like a, a C or C plus, or a B minus, I think it bumped it up for me into a B area. Yeah. Well, Katie, so it's your first time seeing it. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that stood out to you as somebody with fresh eyes? You know, not any kind of attachment to seeing it as a child, because I saw this film. If I had to pick one of these, actually, I would have gone with another Schwarzenegger movie, which I watched more than this, which was Commando, uh, which I should add, I just off the top of my head, not seeing that movie for probably more than 20 years is much worse than this. Like yes. this, this movie is significantly better than it. So somebody coming into it fresh without any connections to it, what are like one or two things that stood out immediately to you for good or bad? So number one, I was pleasantly surprised that this was not as scary as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> um, I had the notion, I, I think because of the whole predator alien comparison crossover event that I was thinking that it was going to be similar to watching alien. Alien is a much scarier movie to watch. Um, this was, you were able to sort of like, I mean, there's gory moments, but I found it mostly just enjoyable. Like it, it's, it's an interesting story. It moves at a really good pace. Arnold is always funny on screen. Um, there were some great characters. I, I thought that the, the minor characters in this film are are fun and different. And my God, in the eighties, there's actual representation of folks that are not white, uh, in major roles. I, I was just pleasantly surprised by the whole thing. The action is awesome. You know, there's some gratuitous violence, but it kind of goes along with the whole storyline. It was the eighties. It was the eighties. Yeah, yeah. I think you, you know, you kind of have to. Yeah, absolutely. Right at this point. Um, yeah, I, I just, I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. 
I tried to take a few notes and I, I just want to preface this by reading my notes in, in their entirety because they, they really aren't going to spoil our show because I, I stopped taking notes, but my notes start first note muscles. <laughs> yes. That, the first, so when, oh when Dutch and Dylan meet <laughs> and they, they kind of high five, but it's more of like meeting for an arm wrestle. Yeah. They that have turn, an arm wrestle. That then yeah, turns turn into, into an arm wrestle. In the air. As you and I often do when yeah. we see yes, each other. Yes. There is a zoom in shot on both of their biceps. Yeah. That is maybe the most gratuitous muscle shot in any movie of all so time. Good. Well, so probably true because it serves no purpose. Like in what's over the top, it makes right, sense right, right. because of that. And this no sense at all. Second, second note: so much sweat. <laughs> oh, they're so oh, sweaty. So much. They're sweat. so sweaty. Now, to be fair, I do need to add: this was shot on location inside. I don't remember which country. Uh, it was somewhere in Mexico. I so think they, they were. Yeah, it, really it, it was. It was shot in Mexico. They were, yeah. they were getting like. Everyone they was were miserable. physically ill. Oh, interesting. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger lost 25 pounds. What? So did John McTiernan. That makes they me like this movie even like, more. Yeah. They were, they were in suffering. really bad shape. So, hold on. Let me just finish these notes because there's, there's, there's only three. Or there's two more. So after so much sweat, I have Arnold squeezed her so much she speaks English now. <laughs> That was amazing. All right. We, we just have to spend time on that one. Wait, wait. No, Go not yet. Yep, 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 yep. And then my final note is... Home Alone. <laughs> it is, it was, there, this movie, to me, um, one of the, like, I don't want to see negatives because I don't think it's necessarily a bad movie. There's a point where it just kind of gets all over the place. Like, I watched it in two sittings. The first hour, um, I was like, this, this is really, this is a tight movie. Like, Okay, they're going into the jungle. Some really interesting shit going on. The, there's an argument to be made to me, like that battle scene where they attack the gorilla base. That's like 1980s action finale of oh, a yeah. film. Yeah, action. The use of the truck. amazing stuff, like mm -hmm. some really good stuff. Then there's a part that really, from like the end of the gorilla base. I would say until the predator kind of starts his mass killing of everyone that gets a little weird that there's some weird stuff going on in terms of choices and characters and things. Um, and the home alone thing that he's setting up and how long is he roaming around setting all that stuff up that gets a little weird to me. But the first hour I think is really good stuff, like really good stuff. And I mean, we do have to say the popular opinion from commenters, people love this movie. And I'm sure it is largely the nostalgia of it. Right. But, you know, folks are saying like, this is one of those movies that if it's on TV, they they will rewatch it for those of you that are still watching cable television. Um, I don't I don't know. <laughs> are many folks just like on the weekends being like, let's See, just rewatch Predator. I, I, I don't. This is not one of those movies for me. I, I and, and again, I liked it, but I don't I don't know if there. here's the thing I'll say about this. I don't know if there's any one thing to me about this movie that is amazing. Do you know what I mean? There's not like well, one thing like to me, if you're going to watch a movie and actually Jim bringing up Home Alone, like kicks in my mind, like a, a perfect 
example of that. Like I will watch home alone if it's on because you know, you're waiting to get to that point. I don't know if this movie has that. No, because, because to be, to be fair, the buildup of this movie and the journey to that, like climax is way better than the final fight, which doesn't deliver very much. No. And it's, I, I would agree with that. And I think that's yeah. what maybe knocks this down from a great movie to a good, really solid movie. Yeah. And, and I think it's interesting because I think the best part of this movie is definitely um, John McTiernan. Like there, the direction here of being able to take something that is, sort of an elevated action movie because I think the action sequences and the way yeah it's it's really interesting Katie and I were sort of talking about this we didn't want to spoil it too much by talking about it too much but there's like this idea of like the predator is not really he's the bad guy but there's also this idea of like the vi- the human violence is sort of on display as well like they are gratuitously shooting First off, that the raid on the camp is pretty. Oh my god, is pretty it's brutal. just like insane, right? And then Katie wanted to talk about the Jesse Ventura death scene, which is when he gets shot from behind and his chest like explodes. Um, Bill Duke, who is his best friend, uh, Mac, picks up the minigun and starts shooting into the woods because he at least sees. The predator for a second and and for those if you're listening to this and you don't know predator it the the creature can mask itself and and basically you can't see it so it's like <clears throat> it's like almost an invisibility cloak um situation uh and he solemnly swears to what do what? do mischief right there you Not go. with Harry oh, Potter. Yeah. <laughs> Solemnly swear I'm up to no good. Yeah. Um, but but they, th- so he starts shooting the minigun. And then uh, these other soldiers, they they don't even like look and see a target. They just jump in and like, yeah, fuck yeah. And they just start shooting shit. And I don't think it's meant to think like when I was younger, you know, you watch that and you're like, oh my God, this is so cool. They're just like destroying yeah. the jungle. And I think now, I think he's, I I got a much, there was like a level of theme in this movie that was sort of like, and I think they take it to the next level. And maybe that's why I'm kind of thinking of this in the second movie, um, which is not great, but there is more of a theme of like human violence and heat draw this creature. And so like, I think, I think the theme of like how violent humans are and there's almost like a, not like a, I don't want to say a, a sportsmanship to but the I creature, that, but there is, no, right? But I thought there was. That's the whole idea at the end, yeah. right? When he could have just killed him. Instead, he takes everything right, off because right. he wants to be a sport. I think John McTiernan is the best part about this movie. Yeah. Um, you know, he has this run where he had done uh, his first movie that he wrote and directed with Pierce Brosnan, who was in TV at the time. And then he's brought on for this. But then he does this Die Hard um, and Hunt for Red October, which is a that's a great good run. run. Yeah. And I think you see like to me, if nothing else, I saw elements of what would make Die Hard great. 
And I feel like he had was able from the experience in Predator to refine some of that stuff because Die Hard is brilliant. Die Hard is a near perfect movie, probably. Um, but even in Hunt for Red October, I think he does this. He, he does this thing in terms of. And I think he's brilliant at it, taking these you feel so claustrophobic in his movies. Yeah. Like you feel like you're, you're, he's cramming lots of things in frame, but the way he does it, right? So in Die Hard, it's the Nakatomi building. The Nakatomi building's enormous, but he's making you feel like it's a closet. Yeah. You know, Hunt for Red October, you know, yeah, you're in a submarine, but it's a freaking nuclear submarine that's an enormous vessel. And you, again, feel like you're in a closet. And in this, you're in a jungle, but you feel like you're trapped in like a bush in somebody's backyard. Right. And I think his ability to do that and he refined it. I think I found this movie this time interesting to see how he grew as a filmmaker and see elements of things that he did in those other two movies that we saw that I think are better films than this. But still, like you can see that origin of where he was able to come up with that as a filmmaker. Yeah, I agree. I would like to talk about the three moments that made me laugh in this film. Go right ahead. <laughs> Go for it. Um, two, two of the best lines in the movie. So th- I, I, I did think that there was a purposeful campiness at points in this film. I think that the music in particular The music is, in it. It's, it's a little it was making me think a little bit of a few good men at some points where i was like this feels a little too upbeat for what's going on where it's like but i feel like was that not like when i heard this soundtrack i'm like this is an 80s movie i feel like you could yeah it's brutal that soundtrack because i had just watched lethal weapon recently and lethal weapon is better but there's some sound beds that are similar to this and then you well, start thinking about like the Beverly Hills Cop yeah. movies. And no, stuff. I could like, see this soundtrack. I them. could see the score yeah. fitting both of those films. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Beverly, this is like an orchestral score. Yeah, that's no, terrible. but I'm saying no, but I'm saying the music beds. I'm not saying the use of real songs, Jim. I'm no, no, about I know. Like just that. I type know, of but, stuff. I but I feel like this was in so many movies, but not Beverly Hills Cop is like that. That synthy. No, I'm thinking like, of pop. two. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking. But do you I, know what I mean like when you got to that later '80s, '90s, like Alan Sylvester, for example, did the Eraser score, and I think this sounded exactly like the Eraser score. Yeah, so I'm wondering I, if I you hated just the score. Music bits. I hated the score, the, 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 which is crazy because I think the sound design in this movie is really great with the creature and things like that. Um, there's a lot, obviously a lot of gunshots and things, um, but I really like that. It wasn't and, as bad as A Few Good Men. No, but, but it was distracting. Nothing would probably be ever as bad it was as distracting. It didn't fit the vibe. Like it was. No. It, it, it was, was interesting because I thought there were moments where it could have it could have been much more tense and yes, a, like a heightened suspense um and the music kind of cut that you know the music dun, 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 <laughs> i think dun, the dun, scores dun, are much better what's really interesting here. is you know alan silvestri uh had i don't want to say a similar issue but he was the composer that brian de palma fired from mission impossible and brought in danny elfman because he hated the score he did for oh, i i remember looking up the the like i think i have an I think I have a uh, a new, um, what's her name? Who's the woman I hate? The actress I hate. Andy McDowell. <laughs> Andy McDowell. Like I remember looking up Alan Silvestri before because there was another movie he did that, like, 
I'm like, did you even watch the movie before like <laughs> trying to score this? Now that being said, oh, uh, he, he did scores, the new Predator. Ver- he did yeah. the updated he scores Predator too. The, uh, Avengers movie, yes, and I does. thought his work on Avengers Endgame was fabulous. Mm. Um, yeah, that's good. The Avengers, that was good. the Marvel mm. stuff is great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Can I move on? I did Lilo and Stitch. Ahead. See, he's redeemed. Okay. okay. Um, but funny lines. Number one, we were wondering whether Arnold needs to have like a catchphrase in every film. Is that yeah? That's really that. a thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So what what is the line he says when he stabs the guy? Stick around. Stick around. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> thing number two, Jesse Ventura gets two of the funniest moments in this film. He says, "I ain't got time to bleed," and he's like. Bleeding out the arm from yeah. multiple places, three three spots on his your uh, shot <laughs> his bloody wound area. Um, and then what I wanted to talk about with the dead Jesse Ventura is oh my the god moment when Bill Duke there is literally a two second maybe a one point two second shot of dead Jesse Ventura's face and the man moves moves his eyes yes. he's dead. He is dead. It's supposed to be a sad moment Ooh. with his best friend where his friend pulls back the uh, camo fabric and says his goodbye and you see Jesse Ventura's eyes move. And I, it, we watched it three times. Katie and I, yeah, we were around it and watching. <laughs> so I wonder if this is one of those things that you can only see in like 4K. Um, like you can only see like upgrade it in this day and age. I wonder if on like our television set back in the day, standard definition, we were not seeing that. You would have to imagine when they were editing. Oh, they, they saw, saw this in the actual and film. I yeah. can't believe well, they couldn't Brian, get a cut that Katie, did not include his eye movement. Katie and I made this whole story up that John McTiernan was like, now, Jesse, <laughs> you, you can't move your eyes. <laughs> that he just kept opening his eyes. Yeah, and, and, and like, oh, we're like, take 18. I'm like, lay there dead. Like, <laughs> they did have huge issues apparently with uh, and you could see it like when cocaine's a hell of a drug uh, well that probably uh but when like you see it a few times when arnold is jumping off the cliff or falls off the oh cliff my god in the footage they had loaded the wrong film stock into the camera the wrong type of film stock and it screwed up the b camera roll stuff and since it, they had been in the jungle so they couldn't go back and reshoot it so they just had to use it so there mm-hmm. was like there's some footage in here which is obviously more glaring now with better quality tvs but you're like holy god like that looks like something like off a bad vcr tape mm-hmm. um yeah. so that became probably part of the issue C- can we talk about schwarzenegger because he says funny one-liners and stuff this to me is like maybe using him as well in a movie as he could be used. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to compare it to like Terminator because he he's playing like a robot. Well, the first one, I think that's, I am wondering you, though, like, would we believe a, a, a highly trained American soldier who is Austrian? In the well, that 80s. always kind of that always happens. <laughs> the, the only thing I'll say, Brian, is I don't think we should discount the fact that he was acting. His acting was on full display in in Terminator One. Well, no, no, I want to almost detach Terminator because I feel like that, like in particular, like Terminator and Terminator Two, most people consider that to be his best film. So if we just kind of push that yeah. to the side. 
and look at some of his other stuff, I think from an action film perspective, this is a good use of him. Yeah, I think they write the character well for him. I think he I think he's believable in that role. Outside of what do you guys think of Kindergarten Cup? No, maybe not so much. See, this is I or True Lies. True Lies is a good one. True Lies is very good too, but I mean to me that's where lies. I'm thinking about more just Lee Curtis. Uh, But I'm thinking more of like Schwarzenegger when he was just (laughs) like in action. I feel like he start when he started to become Arnold Schwarzenegger with like kindergarten cop and something like his performance is more (laughs) they weren't good. But 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 no, but to Brian, to that point that things morphed. I was thinking about this movie because like, yes, I, I, I agree. He's this this movie for me is almost like a perfect storm situation where you have John McTiernan sort of like figuring out how to get to the top of his game, right? You have Arnold who is a who's a star, but he's going to allow you to cover him with mud for eighty percent of this movie, like or or like not eighty percent of this movie, but eighty percent of his screen time he's covered in mud completely. Yeah. Like, could you imagine his face is totally covered except for the whites of his eyes? The little I was. But distracted. could you imagine like an action star doing that now? No. Like, no, not a big A level. That's where I think right. that's a fair point. Like, even to me, that's why when you look at the original Die Hard with Bruce Willis, Amazing. versus some of the later ones when he started to become Bruce Willis, he's better looking in the in the yeah, later ones. I, yeah, yeah. I just feel like he started he it's more authentic, right? Like this was still Schwarzenegger willing to play a character. Right. He had to exactly. become Arnold exactly. in a role. And exactly. that's why Die Hard was great. And there's an argument to be made that might be why Alec Baldwin in Humphrey Red October is the best Jack Ryan Agreed. as well, because they were he like John McTiernan does this. Um, and I would even say like Pierce Brosnan in when he does the Thomas Crown update, I feel like as a Thomas crown, that was more of a character than Pierce Brosnan playing a character than even the original Thomas crown, where it was Steve McQueen really being Steve McQueen as a character. So I think McTiernan does that well um, with things. And I even think he did it well with Willis with with die hard, with, with a vengeance, which is probably the second best die hard by a lot. Yeah. But even, even if he gets, if he gets Schwarzenegger, five years later for this role. I don't think it's the same, you know? No, I think it's turns. I I think there are choices and things that in this movie that would not have happened if that was the case. So I agree with that. Did you guys see the one where uh, he plays uh, like a governor of, of a state? No, no, that can't even be classified as a dad joke. What the (laughs) fuck was that? Even Keenan. Even Keenan, <laughs> the king of dad jokes. That is a Keenan joke. I have to say, though, one of the commenters doing? commented on the fact that there are yes, two we can talk wrestlers, about that. Tur- not wrestling, bodybuilders. Oh, so one of them is a wrestler, one yeah. of them is a bodybuilder. Yeah. Turned actors, turned state governors. T- yeah. Governors. Uh. That's weird. Yeah. That's a weird coincidence. It is. It's a very weird co- coincidence. Predator. Um, just, that is a commentary on society that who's you probably next? don't want to go down. How about I I would vote for Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers. No. You should love run Carl for Weathers. governor. <laughs> yeah. I love and Bill Duke. Bill Duke would be a great governor. But Bill Duke Let's and Jim and I both had this comment. Bill Duke has 
a performance reminiscent of Delroy Lindo and the Five Bloods. Well, we had to give like, him the credit, though. He originated it, right? He, he did. It's that awesome. was a ripoff. So Delroy, a, yeah, he, very good. As His far as Bill Duke's performance was better, I think. Uh-huh. Yes. He is amazing in this movie. Yeah. Very um, believable. Weird choices, right? Like, who is shaving, dry shaving oh, with that only... Was, that- that, that was, was one of the most choice, disturbing, the so that was one of the most disturbing yeah. scenes in with the a, film. With, a, with like a big disposable razor. I mean, I'm not going to say I've never done it. But back in the, back in the 80s, that was only one blade. Oh. That was only one blade yeah, situation. No comfort not strip. Not very sharp. No, no. comfort strip. No, no uh, you know, the swiveling strip. head. Yeah. Yeah. No swiveling uh, razor blade head. Yeah, that. And then he jams it into his face until it's bleeding and breaks the razor. No. And that, that I, I, I didn't search, but that seemed real. No, he did that. <laughs> yeah. He did that no. on his own. No. Yeah, because the blood even looked because, like... Because I, just before we left for vacation, thought I had left my razor, and Aileen was like, you should uh, just buy a disposable... I said, I would never shave with the disposable <laughs> razor. You know how much that hurts your face? <laughs> It's the worst. <laughs> Even when you're trying to be gentle, he and had then that happen. He had he, he, like he was literally shaving with sweat. Like it was. It was you, it, you gotta oh stay smooth. God. You gotta stay smooth in the jungle. I I, I get that. It, it was like it, it reminded me of like a fidget toy. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it was, was like his, his fidget toy. It was his coping. It was his coping <laughs> mechanism. Shaves his it's face. His zen moment <laughs> in in the helicopter so and then in the jungle. Some people Bye. have zen gardens. Yeah. Bill Duke has shaves. a big razor. By the way, <laughs> big, this movie's depiction. I wish this this movie had been uh, Defy Bloods, and I would have enjoyed it much more. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> if we could have seen that, um, I could have watched a whole movie with one character, oh, and that character Billy. is Billy. Billy. We should have had his own movie. He was excellent. And, uh, Billy the Tracker. Yeah, excellent. and I, you know, I was reading the IMDb trivia, and uh, which sometimes is completely false, so you never know. But I don't. I couldn't find out what the, this guy is, apparently was almost not cast because he had some kind of issue where the insurance wouldn't co- cover him because he hurts people or like was a violent individual. Sure. I don't know what the deal with it was. His character was awesome, but then it was like the budget ran out and they couldn't show us how he died. Yeah. Which was a little, he just disappeared. Weird. Yeah. Just, well, just it was good. Yeah. So, right. Next. Yeah. yeah. RIP Billy. Well, you see how he, he gets his spine ripped out. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's pretty, pretty brutal. Later, pretty which gross. is yeah, that's pretty duitous. Mm-hmm. Um, but that character's fantastic. Maybe think of Daniel Day Lewis in Hunt, uh, the Last of the Mohicans mm-hmm. when he's running through the forest. A great character. Um, okay, so there's a few things. This is obviously an action movie, so we have to suspend mm-hmm. some belief. But we have to get to the final third of this movie where there's just some straight up home crazy, alone moment. crazy stuff. There's home alone movements. I have a few notes here. One, I said, I made a note to myself, humans can be colorblind and apparently predators can be mudblind. Yeah, that if mud, you just man. Put blood, that mud is so cold, apparently, even in a tropical jungle, that it throws a predator Obscures off. Obscures all it, heat. My question, is that all predators who are mudblind or just some predators? I don't know. We'd have, we'd have to well, what's interesting? Does this come back? Because when he takes off the helmet, it seems like he's blind to everything on this world. If you remember, when he takes off the helmet, it changes from being the like red, like cool, you know, whatever we call it, the uh, thermo, thermodynamic thermo, yeah, yeah. You know, vision, heat vision. 
um, it changes from that to like all being red. So I don't know. I'm very yeah, good. I don't know I if not, I can figure I out what's going on that. with their vision, but there's probably articles about I it. I like the choice with that, by the way. I thought they pushed it just as far as they could with the infrared stuff. And I have to imagine at the time that would have been pretty cutting edge types that, you know, like oh, yeah. uh, that stuff was pretty cool. They pushed it. I, just, the I did like, I liked the, the shot of his hand with the scorpion. Yeah. I thought that was very cool. I liked that. Yeah. No, there was some cool stuff. Uh, another note I made here. Um, apparently everybody else gets hit by the aliens gun and their body blows up. But Arnold gets like a paper cut. Yes, Brian. I'm so glad you commented yep. on that. Well, yeah. he he's he, he uh, is Arnold. I wanted him to be a little more wounded. Yeah, I, I wanted, like I wanted a little more. Going on there. They should not have. They should not have had the predator use the gun at that moment, but. You know, they did. <laughs> it, it is. But Arnold Dude. was pointing a machine gun at him, too. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, well, you know what I thought was interesting is you get into that final third. So he's covered in mud and he gets missed. And then he goes and starts to build the Home Alone set, which we kind of see used at points. But this Not is much. the trap. The trap yeah, is used. The, it, here's my it issue. It doesn't make and sense. The giant no, no. thing that drops this on is him. where... This is where I have to give John McTiernan a lot of credit because I feel like he learned a lot from this. One of the great things I feel like about Die Hard is, you know, where he does such a great job in Die Hard of setting up where everything is. Yeah. You know, I remember when we talked about it, right? Like, you know, that the space of that building before everything goes crazy. Um, and I feel like he does such a better job in Die Hard and Hunt for the Red October, by the way, where he's juggling all these different things and things like that. So there is a step up for this. And I, I that's why I kind of grade this on a curve a little bit, I think, and, and like appreciate it a little bit more of saying like, wow, like look how much he was able to take from this and then go do something else because it is a little confusing like you're not quite sure where you are in the jungle at points you're not quite sure like which trap like home alone you know okay now the paint can's coming now that in this you're kind of like what's coming i don't know there's a thousand things he was yeah. setting up it's yeah I, I, they had issues in the final third i thought that again especially with the gorilla camp sequence being such an awesome action sequence i think it blows away the Predator v. Schwarzenegger. Yeah, and this is end. this is where I think things like, you know, Ripley, Ripley like blowing the alien out of the airlock becomes such unique and interesting choices, right? You find like a really interesting way to solve the problem of like a weaker character beating a, a, a much stronger enemy, right? And this one doesn't it kind of it's not rushed but it's just not it doesn't make much sense because the way it plays out is that Arnold gets Arnold's getting his ass kicked by the predator who the predator is sort of hurt because Arnold shot it with a grenade he's bleeding mountain dew <laughs> yeah um and then it decides it's going to fight him like hand to hand um and so he's just punching Arnold like beating him to death Arnold's crawling away and crawls through his little death valley area where he has like sharp things ready to fall on the predator's head. Um, but then the predator kind of figures it out what's going to happen and jumps up and over it. But Arnold has a trap for this other place that didn't, 
that whole sequence didn't make sense because the trap that Arnold triggered to me looked like the trap that was going to shoot the spikes down onto the predator, right? Mm. But it actually just drops this giant log, yeah. which I couldn't tell. Was that supposed to just be like a counter lever for the trap that with the spikes? Yeah, well, that's what I, I mean. I didn't know like what we, was going on was, in that moment. There was just yeah. too You're much. You're really supposed to think too much about it. No, I don't think you are either, and I'm okay with that. But yeah. I, I'm not. I do, I, well, just, I, if you compare it to degree. something like Alien, it's going to feel far inferior. Well, I, right? that's like, a question Alien I have, is a better though. movie than this. But that's the thing I like find interesting yeah. is but like that's why Alien's a better movie. But yeah. The combination of like those two franchises oh, is I don't a want to talk about it. No, but it's just a little weird to me because tonally totally different films. Like, but I don't I, I think well, I could think of other things where that not I when actually, you get to Aliens. What? Not when you get to the when I guess so when right. you get to I Aliens, just, it's much closer to this movie than I know. But I'm just saying, like, I like the two on different paths. Like, I think Predator as a concept has a really intriguing idea because as a franchise, right, a Predator could land anywhere, as you saw in like Predator 2, which they go to L.A. and it's Danny Glover and it's really Gang different. Warfare, I have to be, right. But I have to be honest with you, I think I saw Predator 2 maybe more than Predator, mm. honestly, because it's along those lines we talked about this before. Like, we would have been just that much older on HBO when they were showing Beverly Hills Cop 2. They were showing yeah. Die Hard 2 more, Predator 2. Those were the ones that were there. This concept of this alien coming that's hunting people, which, by the way, is a reoccurring theme in John McTiernan mm. movies, if you think about it, which I like, which is the protagonist being hunted by maybe not in... A, a direct antagonist, but in some respects, you know, in Predator, you have the Predator hunting. In Die Hard, you have Bruce Willis kind of being the hunter and the hunted. And the same idea in Hunt for Red October, he does that really yeah. well. And he also does it really well in Thomas Crown Affair, where there's that playoff of Rene Russo versus Pierce Brosnan and who's the hunter and the hunted. And he, so he makes these movies, I think, in a really interesting way to throw alien in it which to me is just a lot scarier um and and, well, and i is you know i understand why it might sound like a great geek out idea like let's combine these two things it'll be amazing i think it does a disservice to both franchises in some respect yeah well and the script of that movie and the fact that they took those two movies and made them put them together and made a pg-13 version is a disgrace it, to everything there was actually so the reason that movie ends up happening is because in the 90s there's a a comic book company called dark horse which was like a more adult more you know dark and and scary storylines um and they they had owned both properties for for the comics and so there are alien comics there are predator comics and they created alien versus predator and the story there is that it's it's a much more interesting story where the humans sort of end up aligned with the predators because the alien is like the ultimate hunt, right? Like that is even harder to hunt than humans for for the predator. Anyway, I don't want to go too, too much into that, but if we, if if you have any questions, reach out to Keenan Laird yeah. at Pop Addled. I'm sure he has all the information for you on that. So when they made this film, mm -hmm. was it supposed to be part of a package? 
Was it? No. What? No, I don't think so. Oh, really? No. Because I no, do no, think that like, the fact, lack of answers about the Predator is interesting. If you think of it as a one-off, right? Yeah. Like I watched this film thinking, oh, they're going to answer more questions about the monster. So we haven't really talked about the role of the girl, the woman, the woman. Muhair. Muhair. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I'm sorry. Third, fourth funny moment. They tell one of the soldiers who speaks Spanish to ask her what happened. And Poncho. he says, Que pasa, mujer? <laughs> que what pasa, happened? Mujer. What happened, lady? Yeah, hey, lady. lady. Hey, lady. What happened? Uh, Woman. What happened? Um, but meanwhile, like four scenes later, Arnold, Arnold squeezes, squeezes her, her so hard she speaks <laughs> she English. She speaks fluent By English. By the way, his name is Poncho. Which, <laughs> oh, of course it is. Yeah. Oh, come on. Anyway... Um, so Muhair tells us that th there is folklore, uh, you know, in her town of this creature the that comes and turns humans into puppets, Inside trophies, out. Yeah, trophies, trophies, sometimes skins them, sometimes does even worse. Um, and so she provides us with more information about this yeah, monster than anybody meant, else. But is that, is that even meant to be the pre that's what like i don't oh, I understand so. yeah oh yeah the i thought the, always i thought going, the details oh, that the predator is she... always going to there and hunting. when it's hottest yeah yeah okay. yeah she says okay. when it's hot. and that actually follows through to the next movie which is it, it, it i believe it's like a heat wave in la and there's also extreme amount of violence well, for gang with, yeah, yeah something do you know what would have been a great movie uh you drop the predator in jurassic park there's mm. a combination of two franchises. No. Right there. Make it. Who owns um, the rights? So I like the, the features of the Predator. We talked about his camouflaging mm -hmm. abilities. We talked about his blue gun, his, mm -hmm. sh his shooting capabilities. That, we talked about the thermo, the thermo scanner, ther mm -hmm. right? His vision. His helmet. Um, but Darth my favorite aspect of his costume is his surgical kit. Oh, I like this Wolverine call. I loved his first aid kit. Yeah. I mean, he just pops that right out. Yeah, He's like, he I'm was, just going to sew myself right he up. He stapled himself. He sure did. He did not like how that felt. He does Do you know feel where pain. I would have loved to see the Predator show up? The war scene in the notebook. <laughs> no, actually, you, Ryan, you're funny. I idea. think that's actually... This is a great idea. I think they did comics like that where, where the Predator was showing up in like... I like, love this. In like no. wars of the past. Okay, we need. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but so that, but that's real. I mean, okay. that sounds legit. I want us to take things that are just like funny movie moments. Well, Jim to, is going to give us. I want later, us to say that live. This one, right? We have a great uh, one we, on there. Would I, our Jerry, our friend of the program, says, "What if the Predator took on John Wick?" Yes. Predator would That's destroy fabulous. John Wick. How about the Predator? <laughs> Keenan Laird came up with this idea in our group chat. Uh, the Predator versus the Fast and the Furious, because apparently the Fast and the Furious go to space in the recent oh, movie. Oh, all right. Yeah, well, I would the, like him to kill everybody the, in that does movie. Does the Predator get to bring his family? Yes, <laughs> it's, all, it's about, all about family. Well, maybe he is a member of the family. Maybe he's actually a member of Vin Diesel's So what's family. interesting is that I, I, I'll tell Katie, because I don't think this is spoiling anything for her, because... In the second Predator movie, at the end, there's a moment where they get to go into the Predator ship, oh. and the, all the skulls are on the wall. There's like oh. a trophy case, and you see like interesting skulls. There's like giant, scary skulls, uh -huh. and then 
there's two alien. Oh, very skip, cool. Yeah. Yeah. What was the horrible movie that um, Keenan made us watch? Buckaroo Banzai. I want th- to see the Predator in. Oh Buckaroo my god, Banzai. I would love to see Predator I want eviscerating predator every character to be in that movie. Wearing the, the we cowboy costume. I should be rewatching Buckaroo My favorite Predator yeah, I weapon. I love, I love the Predator Predator's Wolverine style yeah, thing. The claws. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty very awesome. Cool. Well, listen, I, I, I genuinely think a lot of times we go back and rewatch some of these films like uh, Pretty Woman, Independence Day. Yep. Katie liked Independence Day. I do. I, I, this movie is definitely worth watching. Well, what I'll say is that if a movie like this came out now, it would not even be close to this good. And that's no, sort of in would, my head they, is like, if would, you made this movie, yeah, they would screw it up. Yeah. Because yeah. it wouldn't. You know why? Because it wouldn't get made. Unless there was somebody huge who was willing to star in it. Yeah. And then it would have to turn into like too much of a vanity project. Or it would have like teenagers or something, you know, like if they'd move it younger. Yeah. It just, it, yeah. Promising young woman. (laughs) She harnesses the power of the predator. The prompting a woman versus the predator. Oh, that would be intriguing to say the least. Um, Okay, Uh, King the Hill, bomb the barrel. I think this is right in the middle. Yep, Um, middle of the road. Yeah, middle of the road, but not in a bad way. Uh, Honestly, I I think where Jim is right in a in a world where action movies now are either bad or like. $200 $200 million budgets and bad. You know, you don't get action movies like this. So it's certainly worth watching. So, well, we saw that, like, like Tom Cruise couldn't even get the, you know, that dark universal thing rolling. Like th- when, no, because and, and it this was is too not, much about special. That was, you know, right. and was, this is not a, um, this is not strictly an action movie, right? Like, let's not forget that like this sort of puts a little bit of horror and a little bit of, and some sci, a lot of sci-fi at the forefront. Um, yeah, and apparently the newest Predator movie is terrible. So. Yeah. so I was talking to somebody today with teenage sons, and I thought, like, this is still a movie you could kind of watch with your, like, middle school, I think high school so. kids, right? I mean, I, it's like... Listen, there's I There's some think, inappropriate jokes, but... Yeah, but they're but supposed listen, to be inappropriate, right? Like, it's about ladies' vaginas. inappropriate yeah. nudity like most uh, 80s movies that right. you have to like, I mean, get around. There's some... Violence, but it all feels it's over the top violence. It's Though not... I do have one question: How many stuntmen were lit on fire? In this <laughs> oh my film? god! A lot of people. So on I kept thinking so of that. I only had I had favorite use of a I had Ron Burgundy running through my head like when or brick when, yeah. when during that one scene I was like there was a man on fire. <laughs> so many people. I on hit him with a trident. <laughs> Oh, it was unbelievable. Uh, all right, it's time for five questions. You want answers? You want answers? I want the truth! What makes a man, Mr. Lebowski? What the fuck is the internet? Why? Why? All right, five questions this week, and Jim will be answering. We alluded to this idea earlier in the episode. This is a film that features not one, but two future governors in the united states jim are you thumbs up or thumbs down on actors who turn into politicians um i don't know that i'm thumbs up or thumbs down on actors who turn like anybody like any profession turning in 
to a politician. I don't know why actors would be treated any differently. So like if if yeah, I, don't, I think I, don't have a I think with it's that. I think there is a weirdness to it where it's like you know cats walking on their back legs just because. I think they have I a think, leg up. I think the popular opinion uh, is that, you know, folks like want to become politicians from the time they're, you know, young career folk. And then they just sort of go in that trajectory. And I, and I think we forget maybe as a populace that oftentimes people are something else first before they enter into right. the po political. I also, order. I also think there's a lot of, a lot of false allegations on actors in general that say like, they should shut up and act yeah, just yeah, like yeah. athletes Same thing with shut up and musicians sh yeah right? like and, you're and not like, allowed to have an opinion right but why does and i think that's because people you know the the opinion of our culture is that those people are rich and they, they've never suffered hint, hint most of the people that we elect to office are rich and have never suffered yes, either yes. so like let's not pretend that they're in any I, different camp yeah it's interesting i think i i prefer thinking about politicians who have like worked in yeah. some sector before they go out to speak for the people this is my five questions oh. shut it up <laughs> this is this is Jesus. also not a npr podcast do you see this face yeah do you yeah. see my face she looks well, terrifying yeah. everyone have you told the people Com at commenters home? commenters didn't realize you were here i yeah. know yeah. They i was you were blending camouflaged. into the background you were blending yeah. into the background all right jim uh here's our question uh, the amazing carl weathers of mm -hmm. course is in this movie mm -hmm. doing some amazing work um better carl weathers character apollo creed or carl weathers as carl weathers in arrested development i don't know katie why don't you answer for me <laughs> you know what i'm gonna say yeah. anyway uh i do love apollo creed but i think i really love carl weathers as himself showing his comedy chops in as arrested an development coach, as arrested. an acting coach kind of lampooning himself as being a bad actor and kind of convincing another human that he could teach them how to act is amazing yeah agreed carl weathers as carl weathers of yeah. course uh question three three in the fill in the blank question here the alien vs. predators franchise made hundreds of millions of dollars and we've already started to throw out some ideas here jim if you had to decree a predator franchise it would be blank versus predator who's taking on the predator the terminator oh yeah i don't know i i i honestly they're the they have put the predator against so many different people i even think there's like a crossover with some of the marvel people at some point um is there i there might be Strange, it's all ridiculous things see but the the thing about the predator is that it's not evil um and it's not alex chaos. finch what do it's you think that's alex, alex finch versus the predator. I, I, just having fun yeah no yeah well yeah so it's, it, it's, it is just a game right like i don't not, know that it's not a, no but i i think it's more than that i think that that the culture of the of the predator is like that's how it lives it's like by the sword right it's like it's like it only finds worth in life by by making itself stronger by All right. killing other things yeah i got a question for you i don't know if you get that in the story no you full don't. count full count bottom of the ninth game 7 world series uh -huh. dennis quaid on the mound the predator at bat 
what happens. What kind of a pitch are you throwing? Oh, the predator <laughs> predator smashes that ball. Do you remember baseball stars? There was the one team that oh, had like best. alien and the, the, monsters. Yeah, the, 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 the monster monsters. The, yeah. uh, uh, by the way, baseball stars is the single greatest baseball game. Oh my ever god, invented. yes. Probably the greatest video game ever invented. Uh, all right, favorite question. We didn't even talk about this guy, but Shane Black, yeah, uh, who's a writer director extraordinaire, uh, has a small role in this film. Telling in a Jokes. Telling mm-hmm. inappropriate jokes that he wrote on his own. Lots on IMDb of trivia, it says the only reason that he was in the movie is he was current at the time writing the screenplay for Lethal Weapon, and Joel Silver, who was the producer of the film, wanted to make sure he was actually writing it, so they made him be in the film. That's so really he was funny. There writing the film. Um, Jim, what is your favorite Shane Black film? It could be him as an actor, writer, yeah. director, whatever I, you want. I haven't seen them all, but immediately the one that jumped out is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, without a doubt. Um, RDJ and Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer and, and Michelle Monaghan. Michelle Monaghan is awesome. All of them. Yeah. Who in this film wrote Hell or High Water? Nobody. No. Oh, what are we talking about? Why did we, <laughs> we didn't bring up Hell or High Water? No, no, we didn't, didn't we talk didn't about that movie up? last night? Yes, yeah, Sicar- because we, we watched the we trailer for Sicario, uh, <sighs> which we'll be watching later this year. Yes, we're excited about that. Okay, um, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, detour. Uh, <laughs> yeah, again. Katie's really just running with this. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang is another one that I would want to see how well it aged, considering mm-hmm. one character's named Gay Perry. Mm-hmm. Great. I watched it last year, and it was still very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did like that a lot. I, to be fair, I haven't seen the Nice Guys, which everyone loves. Love it, and it actually has Siobhan from Mayor of Easttown on it. Mm-hmm. I'll have to watch that one. That's Kevin yeah. Bacon's daughter. Hi- highly recommend it. By the way. Highly recommend. And Kira is that Kira Sedgwick's daughter too? I mean, is yeah, their daughter so. together? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Finally, deep thoughts question, Jim. If you had to get stuck in the jungle and you were being hunted by the predator, would you rather have Katie or me yeah. helping you out? I am wearing camouflage. Well, right. yeah. So he, the the way my brain works with this, and this is obviously all my perception of how things would play out with the both of you is that I have to make a choice. I immediately know that we're all going to die. I was going to say. So it's really choosing how I want to die. Neither of us are going to do much help. Do I? No, but no, that's fine. Do I want to die with Brian where we just look at each other and we decide we're going to sit down right here and let that thing cut our heads off, but we're going to, we're going to just, we're not, we're not going to expend any fucking energy. That's not going to happen. We might have a bowl of pretzels. I don't know. (laughs) With Katie, we are going to build all of the. Films. There would be a spitfire of ideas that made no sense. Home alone. No, I am going home alone. Okay, I'll just ask you right off the bat: What is the first home alone trap you would set for the predator? I like I liked the 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 net the cat the net that you would, that would catch him. Uh, are you, what are you you're building that, or am yeah, I building I'll, that? I'll build that. Okay. Yeah, I'll build okay. that. So yeah, the idea. <laughs> I was going to say you are screwed in terms of us like running from the predator because in the jungle, neither Brian nor I. I don't know. (laughs) Thank you, Jerry Gilligan. Yes, we are very slow, very slow. No, he's saying that I'm slower. That oh, actually, I'm slower than both Katie. I I misread that. Yeah, Yeah, no, 
J- Jerry doesn't realize that Katie, Katie is, is the incredible. slowest yeah. of Several the Several years ago, Katie challenged me to a race. It's true. We, we never did. Yet to, it's, yet to yeah. be able to right. do it. Anyway. We're still going to have to do COVID. that. Uh, yeah, I don't have any illusions that we would survive an encounter with the Predator. Um, but I'd like to imagine that if, if, if I had to pick someone, I would pick Brian so that Katie could at least take care of our children. Oh, that's nice. Well, first I of all, I would say, never be in a jungle. I mean, I if never. we figured out... better than a jungle never. or sand? I wouldn't, it wouldn't go to either. If yeah, we figured fair. out that if you covered yourself in mud, you could escape the predator, I would be really good at that. I would yeah. be really good at rolling around in the mud yeah. until you could see none of my skin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> uh, all right. That's five questions. Uh, recommendations? Has anybody been watching, uh, listening to well, anything? Well, Katie's I think been listening to every podcast but I have, ours. But, so tell but us. I need to say we've had some recommendations from commenters. Um, and so drink recommendations. Apparently, Flying Fish Brewery makes a beer called Get to the Hoppa. Mm-hmm. Which is amazing. I mean, I don't know what the beer tastes like, but I I appreciate I appreciate a well named beverage. Catchphrase ever. That's fantastic. Apparently. So we, check out that beer. But that's not even fish. a catchphrase. That's just like I know. But stick it around. Funny. It just I sounds yeah, funny. We used to walk. So my freshman dorm in, in college, we used to just walk out in the hallway and scream that down the hall. Get to the chopper. I love it. Yeah. So recommendation number two from floor. another <laughs> commenter. Is that apparently Bill Duke is in uh, Steven Sonberg? Is that what his name is? Soderberg. Soderbergs. Is it Steven? I'm. I think I'm thinking of Steven I think Sondheim. It's, it's Steven. I want to call him Steven. Steven Soderberg. Yay! Yeah. All right. Um, his latest movie is called No Sudden Moves, and apparently Bill Duke is amazing in it. So we really enjoyed Bill Duke in this movie. I would like to see more of him. Yep. All right. That's it. Those are our commenter recommendations. Anything else? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, how about your recommendations? Mm, we just watched something we really didn't like. I can oh, tell God. everybody to avoid the pain of the HBO miniseries. The Undoing. The Undoing. We were undone. Is that the one with... Uh, Nicole Kidman and Hugh yeah, Grant? Yeah, we watched, we watched that one as well. I was excited was about the two of them together. I didn't was like it. less it than a, impressed. It got a little stale towards the end. It was not great. Yeah. Not great. Ooh. It is the antithesis of something like Mary Easttown. Mary yeah, Easttown. True. And yeah. uh the killing. The killing, the killing is, is way excellent. better. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, all better than that. Jim, yep. anything for you? Um all right. Loki has been pretty Fabulous. awesome. Uh super interesting. Uh, I have not gotten to see Black Widow yet, but I want to. Yeah, I've been going this week with Woo-hoo. one Mr. Craig Goldberg. So we're excited to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh I have yet again been selected to be a Mitch Rapp ambassador. Yeah. I didn't realize, is that like, is there a term to your service? Do you have a Yes, every period? year you need to be oh, reselected. You have to be reselected. Yes. Every year? I'm wondering if I need to go before her, Stan Hurley. Yes. And, I, yeah, and make sure that he can fight. Um, yeah. So, Enemy at the Gate. Uh, mm-hmm. is coming out and uh, in the fall. So you want to make sure that you pre-order that. And I'm mm-hmm. reading it right now and it's fantastic. Jim actually read American Assassin. I did. Um, so we we're excited about, about that. He read that. <laughs> uh, make sure you listen to our friends. 
at the Mitch Rap. Yeah, the Mitch Rap podcast. No you make sure you no limits. You also want to listen to Tim and Keenan, of course, at uh, Pop Addle. They mm-hmm. have some great stuff. Great episode this past week talking about things like Loki. Mm-hmm. Um, and they gave us a nice shout out at the beginning of the episode. Uh, we are going to return. We still have two um nostalgia episodes to upcome katie do you want to disclose uh <gasps> what so your excited. nostalgic film is i should just Jim do the dance and see if people excited remember about what it is it well, was it is pre macarena it is a podcast remember so people can i just did the dance it's the three amigos with three okay. of my favorite actors it's chevy chase steve martin and martin short and i used to watch that movie on repeat as a kid, and Jim is so excited. Jim is watching so. It. <laughs> Jim is so disgusted by the selection. There, of this. Oh my I, gosh! I have such a hard time with comedies that are so disconnected from reality, okay. unless they are like spoofy. And if you haven't listened to the Smartless episode with Martin Short, you should listen to that, mm. and then watch the Three Amigos, and then listen to us. Perfect. And I have selected Hoosiers. Woo woo. So we're very excited about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember to like, share, subscribe, review, uh, listen to the shit show, our shit Creek podcast, um, which is uh, we finished actually recording a first yep. season. So we those did. will be we coming did. out. Stay tuned. Yeah, they will be coming out and we'll actually be doing a Facebook live. Those are in post-production well. right now. <laughs> yep, post-production. I have nothing to do with those. So I couldn't tell you anything they're else. Coming. Other than they're coming. They're coming soon. Yep. Um, all right. Well, we'll see everybody soon. Bye, commenters. Bye, Bye everybody. everybody.